You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Good morning, everyone. It's great, isn't it? It's the new year. And we're all so excited about the new year. It's 2017. Yay! The thing about the new year is that I think that when it's coming up to the new year, we kind of have kind of expectations, don't we? You know, like we think that something is going to be different, that we're going to wake up and somehow on New Year's Day, that six pack that I've always wanted is going to be on my body. I'm going to look in the mirror and go, bang, there's a six pack. No, there's six pack in the fridge, but that's not the kind of six pack we're talking about. You're not going to have, you're going to wake up and it's going to be a new you. The thing about the coming of the new year is that it's like an opportunity. It's like a, a ready-made opportunity to change your life. Isn't that right? <laughs> you see, when it comes to the new year, I don't know about you, but I am like this. So if I'm like this and I'm a fairly average person, I reckon the average person is like this. The average person. Coming into the new year, you kind of get a new set of priorities and a new list of things that you want to do. So you kind of, you're thinking, it's time now for a bit more home improvement. It's an opportunity perhaps for a bit of job improvement. Maybe it's the opportunity for a bit of Self-improvement, yeah? Oh, lads, you're looking at me very suspiciously. Maybe if you're a parent, it's a time for some child improvement. Wouldn't that be great? You see, so many of us are the type of people who write one of these, a to-do list. Now, how many people here write a to-do list? Be honest now, come on. Confession is good for your soul. Don't be pretending you don't. Yeah, see, just put your hand really up high now, because I want to see... That's there, there, about, about half of us write to-do lists. I just don't know how the rest of you live. I just don't know how do you do it. You know, kind of, I just think I'm going to wake up this morning and do so. How do you actually do it? I, I, I just don't understand. You know, it was funny. Tom was talking this morning about uh, coming in, and it was, I, I was thinking about Tom. Tom noticed it this morning. He says he was driving in to church this morning. He said, out on the street was loads of people, and they're all running. <laughs> And it's kind of like, what day is today again? Today's the 8th of January. It's eight days into the new year. The new me is on the way. And it's literally true. I was driving in as well. I was driving down the south and go, there was people cycling. <laughs> and these, like, these weren't young fellas. Like, you know, can, <laughs> people more elderly than myself, shall we say, were pounding away on bikes. Big crowds of them, people running and people kind of lifting and doing sit-ups and push-ups. And you're going, wow, this is fantastic. Isn't it great to see it? But I guarantee it, just like Tom said this morning, in two weeks' time, you'll drive into McCurtain Street and there will be no one, not a soul. Maybe one or two fellas going on my crutches going, that running is very bad for you, you know. Something along those lines. But I think when we come in, we all have a to-do list. I, I, I think, well, I don't say we all, but I think most people have some sense of a to-do list. It's because this random day in the, in the calendar actually gives us an opportunity to hit the reset button and start again. I want to look this morning at a passage of scripture where a couple of people had certain priorities and those priorities sometimes got mixed up and sometimes we can get our priorities wrong. Do you know that? Sometimes we can get our priorities wrong. You see, there's generally, there's kind of two types of people. They call them the A-type and the B-type personality. Now, A-type personalities are people who are doers. They tend to do things. They're happiest when they're doing something. Are you, are you with me? 
Yeah. How many people here would self-identify? And I won't be vo- you won't be voting all day. It's not, a, it's not a convention. But how many people would self-identify as being A-type doers? Do, you know, you like doing things. You like doing things. Now, I'm going to ask all of those people who like doing things to stand for a second. Just stand for a second because you like doing things, don't you? You know, I say, well be doing this. No, if you could kind of jump up and... No, I'm only kidding. You see, because you like doing things. You, you can sit down all again. See, because you... Like, I'm an A-type. I want to stand up and make myself identified as a doer. I'm a doer. I like doing things. I find it sometimes hard to sit still. I know you might find it hard to believe, but I do sometimes find... What are you laughing at? Sometimes I do find it a little bit hard to sit still. You know, I can be in a conversation, you see the knee is going and the leg, you know. There's some part of my body always on the move. But there are those doers, and then there are the people who are not so much doers. They're more the people who probably do a little bit more reflecting in life and a bit more consideration, put more consideration to life. Like fools like me who rush in where angels fear to tread. But I'm going to look at this passage of scripture this morning. It's from Luke's gospel. It'll be very familiar to an awful lot of you. Some of you will have never noticed it before. It'll be very familiar to an awful lot of you. Um, and it's the story, effectively, of Jesus speaking with Martha and with Mary. And the story goes as follows. It says, as Jesus and his disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset over many things. Let's just say many, not many things. Many things. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. May God's word speak to us as we look into it this morning and reflect on it in Jesus' name. Would anyone say? Good stuff. Good stuff. So you have the two sisters. Now, I don't know, does everybody here get on with their family? I mean, I, I, I kind of get on with my family by and large, but I know that a lot of people would rather not talk about family. Certainly from what I hear on the radio, people talk about family coming over for Christmas and how tense it can be with family around. Maybe we were kind of a funny kind of family, but we never kind of had that tension that I can remember. You know, that kind of family were coming around and it was all kind of uptight because I didn't like my mother-in-law. I love my mother-in-law, by the way, just for the record, which is important because my sister-in-law is here and I need to say that. Um, but... You know, uh, in, in every family, there will be people who are just different types of people. There are different types of people in every social setting and in every family. And this family was no different. There were three members that we know of that are named in this family, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, their brother. And Martha was the oldest of the three of these girls. And they were very different types of people, or so it would seem. They had different expectations and different views of the world, much like you and I may have different expectations and different views of the world. There are different types of people. And as we look at this, this we're going to look and see some of the contrast between these two types of girls. So this is how the story goes. It says this. It says, Mary, who was the younger of the two sisters, sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. Now, there's a couple of things actually going on here that you mightn't actually recognize from a casual reading of it. You see, we've all grown up in the 20th and 21st century, and we all realize that, you know, for somebody to sit listening to somebody teaching is kind of okay. It's what you do. But back in that culture, a woman would never have sat in the position of a disciple 
with a rabbi. Mary was breaking some seriously big cultural rules by sitting down at Jesus' feet and listening to what he taught. By sitting there and sitting on his feet amongst all the other disciples, Mary was making a statement that she was a disciple of this rabbi. News, news flash, women were not disciples of rabbis. I hate to break it to you, but that's what the culture was back then. The culture back then, the Middle Eastern conservative religious culture, was that women were not disciples. And that's how it went. Women did, well, what become commonly known as women's work. Right, moving on. You see, there was very much, very clear demarcations, very unlike now, very clear demarcations between what women did and what men did. And we're not going to go into that because it's very different now. Isn't that right? Yes, it's right now. It says this about Martha. It says that Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She was distracted. There was so much to be done. Martha was fulfilling the classical female role in the scenario of hostess, provider of hospitality, cleaning, etc., etc., etc. That's what a woman did in that culture. She didn't sit down and listen to the rabbi teacher and kind of pretend that she was one of those kind of disciples of the rabbi. She actually got up and she did things and she served the people who came into her house. Now, a couple of things have to be noticed about this story as well. Here is a fairly common depiction in art of this scene. If you go through and you type up, you know, depiction of Martha and Mary with Jesus in art, you will generally see a scene like this. You will see a rather pale and in this case almost red-haired Jesus. Try that one, Amber says. A very pale, red-haired Jesus. You will see Mary, of course, sitting reclining, and Martha coming in, like, kind of, just kind of saying gently, you know, Jesus, is there a problem here? And in every depiction of it, everybody's kind of painted as being gentle and somehow serene. And, he, and, and even if you look at the expression, forgive me, no, if you look at the expression of this one in Jesus, the, the way he has his hand pointing, it's so classically kind of, but Mary has chosen the better part. You know, it's just, it's, it's kind of classical. It's kind of like, as if he was like, wait, no, Martha, if you could deliver me the line, I will now go, but Mary has chosen the better part. It's, 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 it's these constructs that we have in our mind of this situation. And in all of the artistic scenes, the curious thing is that there's only three people in the scene. There's only three people who were there to witness this whole event. Mary's sitting down, Martha's giving out, and Jesus is straightening Martha's nose for her, if you will. But if you look back at the narrative, it says that Jesus and his disciples were actually on their way up from Jerusalem. So there's Jesus and his disciples arrive in this town, the town of Bethany, and Martha meets them. And Martha says, lads, come on over to my house for something to eat. And they kind of go... Okay, and they go off to Martha's house for something to eat. And I'll, get, I'll go one better. We kind of have this common predict, you know, depiction of Jesus walking across the bridge of the Jordan River, and there's 12 guys or 14, and how many is in the picture, kind of walking, they're all kind of walking in single file. If you go further back into the, the narrative in Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, you discover something interesting, that the number of disciples who was traveling with Jesus at the time was not 12, but 72 people were traveling with Jesus that day. So 72 people, 73 if you include Jesus, arrive into Bethany. <laughs> Big, hairy, hungry disciples arrive into Bethany. And ma imagine you try that at home. Imagine Tom goes home to Denise. Denise, I was up in Cork a while ago 
And you wouldn't believe it, but I met some friends and I've invited them over for dinner. And then he says, oh, okay, because she's a hospitable and a caring and a gracious and generous woman. And she says, um, okay, look, fair enough. Um, uh, all right, I better, I better go down to Super Value and get something. How many are coming? 72 people are coming. Now, Martha, Martha is there working inside in the kitchen going, what was I thinking inviting 72 people to the house? No, even if there wasn't 72, maybe, maybe 50 of them went somewhere else. But in all likelihood, the 72 did come here. Um, but imagine, imagine for a second that some of this, like, and there was still a big crowd in the house, and Martha's in the kitchen, and she's cooking, and she's, oh, 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 you know, it's a bit like MasterChef. Do any, does anybody here like MasterChef? I watch MasterChef the odd time. I normally watch it when I'm hungry, which is a very bad thing to do. But like, Martha wanted to present the master chef of food. I bet you the way she was cutting things like radishes and she was kind of laying them out like little flowers so that when they were being served, they would go, oh, this is really, really nice. I like the food that you are making. This is, of course, this French. But um, So Martha's preparing all this food and she's trying to get it just as perfect. And the thing about if you watch MasterChef, they kind of put the plate in front of, if you've ever watched the show, they put the plate in front of these two judges who are going to judge your food. And they have the biggest spoons you've ever seen in your life. They're mad huge things, and it's all beautiful, and the flowers are just so, and there's a bit of seaweed, and there's a bit of kind of, there's, I, I don't even know what I'm talking about here, but there's, kind of, there's a bit of jelly, and there's a bit of, I don't know, I don't know, there's a bit of this, and a bit of oh, and a bit of uh, 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 and uh, you know, all that kind of stuff is going on in the plate, and then some fellow looks and says, I think the presentation is really, really nice, and he takes out a spoon, and he goes, gunk, and he destroys the presentation. But Mary, Martha's inside in the kitchen and she's got pots boiling and plucking chicken. Who knows what she was doing? Slaughtering the fatted calf. We don't know exactly what she was doing. But she was really busy because there was a big crow to be, to be entertained for. Now, if you were in that house and you were inside in the kitchen working like the who knows what, right? You're working the kitchen and then you look in and there's Mary. And she's comfortable out sitting down at Jesus' feet. That's lovely, isn't it? The birds in the, see the, birds in the air. They do so really, yeah, that's fantastic. And Martha's like, she's working and working. She's getting busier and busier. And the curious thing about A-type personalities, who are people like me who are doers, think that everybody should be doers. Isn't that right? Tell the truth, brothers and sisters. We that do believe that everybody got to do. That's what we believe. Because if I'm doing it, you should be doing it. Isn't that right? And if you're not doing what I'm doing, you're doing nothing, as far as I'm concerned. So then Martha comes in, and of course she kind of, you know, I imagine as Jesus is speaking, sorry, forgive me now, but I imagine as Jesus is speaking, and I, I maybe the kitchen is just one room over, there's a gap into the kitchen or whatever, and as she's speaking, there's like a bang of a pot inside in the kitchen. And Jesus says, yes, and then see the birds of the air, they don't soar, and next thing, bang! And, so, and then I say to you, you come unto me, all you who are weary, and bang, bang! As Martha's getting more and more frustrated in the kitchen. And eventually Martha, who's a lovely girl and a decent and generous and hospitable person, says, I can't take this anymore. I've had enough of this. And in she marches and says, Lord, Lord. I don't know where she was. So she, was from, she wouldn't have said it with her hands on her hips, of course. But she probably Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sitter, sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come in and help me, will you? Now, to those of us who are A-type personalities, doers, we're going, go, Martha. She's right. It's not fair. She sits down. I do all the work. 
But you know, here's the thing. It was Martha invited him to the house. Martha, it says that they came to the village and Martha went out and said, lads, why don't you come to my house and we can all eat? And here's the thing. Martha was serving God as best as she possibly could. She was serving Jesus in the way that she knew she should serve him by serving up a meal for him and for his disciples and working as hard as she could to make the hospitable experience really good for them. And I love it. Jesus could have sat back and said, come here now a minute, Martha. You know, he really could have. He could have said, Martha, what are you on about? You invited us. He could have said, Ira, calm down, Martha, will you? Take it easy, will you? Would you chill out a small, leave Mary alone? Did you leave your sister alone? How many times have I said that in my house? It's not sister, obviously, but would you leave your brother alone? Leave your sister alone. Martha obviously hadn't read the letter to the Philippians. Of course she hadn't read the letter to the Philippians. It hadn't been written yet. She didn't write, where, it's, where Paul says this, says, do everything without complaining and arguing. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Let's just, let's, let's just, just take the B-type route here and reflect on, those verse, on this verse for a minute. Do everything without complaining and arguing. Amen. I believe that's a prophetic word for all the teenagers in this hall this morning. Would anyone say amen? amen. <laughs> you see, it's in human nature to do things grumbling and complaining. It's... It's kind of, unfortunately, it's innate to us. Nobody even has to teach us how to grumble and complain. We're good at it. And Martha comes in and has a good old moan. A good old moan about Mary. Look at Mary's inside there. Now, some people are more Martha people and some people are more Mary people, okay? So, for instance, I'm really a Martha person. That's the kind of person I like. Tom is more of a Mary person. <laughs> In actual fact, sometimes he likes to be called Mary, but... We keep that to the privacy of the office if we can at all, you know. Some people are just Martha people and some people are Mary people and they love to sit there listening to the words of Jesus. And you know, I, rem I remember one time we were inside here, Tom and I were inside here, we were vacuuming the floor and shifting chairs and all this kind of stuff and somebody came in and said, could I get a key for one of the offices upstairs? Ooh. Yeah, well, just one second to get the key. What do you need the key for the office for? I just need to go upstairs and pray. Ooh. No, no, you're grand. We'll do the vacuum and you're fine. You see, for those of us who are Martha types, we find it hard to sit still. I must tell you truthfully, I find it hard to sit still. Sometimes even praying can feel like it's getting in the way of what needs to be done. That's the truth of it. Now, little do I know, I don't get any power unless I pray. And, you know, we forget these things. But sometimes stopping to pray can be the very thing you don't need to do so that you can get the jobs done that you should be praying about doing in the first place. Are you with me? So we should do everything without grumbling and arguing. Let, let's just finish there in prayer, will we? I know. Let's go back to what Jesus actually said to her. I know this is important. This is what Jesus said to her. He said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset over many things. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from when you do your to-do list for 2017, whether it involves getting thinner, fatter, happier, more miserable, 
eating more, eating less, working harder, working less, whatever it contains, can I just say to you, one thing should be at the top of that priority list, and that is encountering Jesus Christ. And it should be not only part of your priority list, that if your to-do list, your daily to-do list, if you're a to-do list writer, it should be written on that list as one of the things that has to be done first. You see, we can, we can think sometimes that we are either a Mary or we're a Martha. We're either an A type or we're a B type. In actual fact, if we actually look at the scriptures, we're actually supposed to serve God with both. We're supposed to be both types of people, believe it or not. Because Jesus said, actually in the same chapter, in response to one of the teachers of the law, when he said, which is the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all of your strength. It has to be both. And only when both are in operation in our lives will we actually be whole spiritually. Only then will we be complete spiritually when we're serving God, not only with our heart, but also with our strength. Not only just with our mind, but also with our soul. So it has to be part of the effective, intuitive part of our lives. And it has to be part of the logical thinking part of our lives. Both of those areas of our lives and of our minds and of our souls have both to be engaged with the Lord. But the one thing that is really important that Jesus points out here and we can't move away from it's really important he said Martha you're really really busy now I know you've got a lot to do and you're a really decent person but what are you trying to prove Martha because a lot of what Martha was doing with respect was about Martha it actually had to do with what Martha wanted to be perceived as. What kind of a person she thought she was. What kind of a person she expected to be. And when she came in and said, Lord, you, do you think it's fair that Mary sits here and, and, and I do all the work? She basically was saying, Lord, would you tell Mary to go back into her place? Put Mary back in her place because she's not doing woman's work. I'm doing woman's work. I mean, I'm a decent guy. I'm a decent woman. I'm doing the best I can. And when he says that, he's saying, Lord, he, Martha's, Martha's thinking was thinking about Martha because Martha had an idea about herself. And sometimes, guys, we can get an idea into our heads about what we think we are and what we think we're doing. And the only thing that will strip away that is when we sit at the feet of Jesus Christ. The only thing that will take that away is when we spend time with the Lord and we begin to see, us, see ourselves as he sees us. Are you with me? You see, in, the, in, the chap, in chapter 10, and we've just come through chapter 10, you haven't read it obviously, but it's part, part of the whole chapter, Jesus then goes on to tell the story of the Good Samaritan. And the Good Samaritan was the guy who, who was the guy who actually got off his donkey and helped the guy who was in trouble while all the religious people were off up to the, off up to the um, temple to do their religious duty. They had their soul put first and they were going to do that. But Jesus said the guy who really was a neighbor to the man who was on the ground was the guy who got off his donkey and did something about his problem. And then Jesus, and literally that stops and the next story picks up and it's quite clear that Jesus expects us to do both. So if you see Tom vacuum inside in the center on a Sunday morning and you feel like going for a bit of an old prayer, take the vacuum cleaner off him instead. All right? I'm serious, amen? amen? Give the man a hand. Don't just come and say, well, I'm just here just to reflect and experience the glory of God. That's great. Let's have it both. Would anyone say Amen. amen. So think about for a second, what's on your to-do list for this year? Will the one thing, the one thing that Jesus said that Mary had discovered and that would not be taken away from her be on 
your list this year. I want to take it just one little inch further, if that's okay. I think for a lot of us here this morning, there is this one thing that we need to spend time with the Lord. I, I, I want to emphasize that. But there's this other one thing, and you realize, you know what? I really do need to do this. Whether it is offering forgiveness or rebuilding the bridge of a relationship, maybe it's having a hard conversation with an employer or an employee, maybe it's a conversation that you need to have with a college lecturer, Maybe it's a decision you need to make about your finances. Maybe it's a decision you need to make in business. But you know that there's this one thing. And that one thing has been on your mind like all of this week. And it's been on your mind in the weeks before. And you know this is something I really need to put right. I'm going to invite you to bring that one thing before the Lord this morning. And put it in its perspective to say, Lord, will you give me the strength to have that conversation, to offer that forgiveness, to rebuild that relationship, to offer that hand over, to, to put out the burning bridge that's in my life, to sort it out with my boss, to straighten things out in my finances. Lord, help me to do that one thing that I need to do in my life. But above all, let me have the priority of spending time with you. Jesus said, he really actually kind of meant it when he said it. He said, Seek first the kingdom of God and what he thinks is right or his righteousness. And then he says all these other things, all the things that are on our to-do list, all the things that are on your prayer list, all of these things will be added to you as well. But seek the kingdom of God first. Can I ask you that this year as you go in and write your to-do list, that there will be one thing on it. Seek first the kingdom of God. Would anyone say amen? Can I invite you to stand? We're going to pray for a second. Ben, you might come up. Maybe the band will come up. We're going to sing the song, All I Am Is Yours. My prayer is simple. It's not going to be very complicated, and it's not very deep. You'll be delighted to know. It's very simple. I want us to pray this morning that as we go into 2017, we're only eight days into it, that it will be the year when we put the first thing, that is, relationship with Jesus Christ, that is relationship with our Heavenly Father first in our lives. Who wants to pray that prayer as we go into 2017? See your hands. You would just leave them up for a second. Will you close your eyes just for a moment? I know there are some here as well this morning who are saying, Lord, I just need your strength. I need your strength to put this particular area right in my life. I need your strength to be able to forgive. I need your strength to reach out and rebuild that relationship. Lord, I may even need your strength to end a relationship. I need your strength to have that conversation with my boss. I need your strength. Look, you know the lines. I need your strength to help me sort out my finances, to put my house in order. If that's you this morning, you recognize there's this thing that's hanging over you and you want to put it straight and you want God's strength to do that. Will you raise your hand? We're just going to sing. Take this heart, set it on fire, shine it in the dark, and then we're going to pray. All I am is yours. Take this heart. Let's sing together. Take this heart, set it on fire, shining in the dark. I want to tell the
take this heart. I give you all my life. I give you all my life. I'm letting it go. A living sacrifice. No longer my own. All I am is yours. All I am is yours. Let's pray invite you if you want to pray and say Lord I really do want your kingdom and your person to be the first thing in my life to be the one thing that I pursue and the one thing that I do in this coming year if you're able would you be willing to get on your knees for a moment let's get on our knees and pray just for a second if you're able and if you're willing don't feel pressure to you don't have to you can just sit down if you want to that's just fine of the type of person I am I sometimes put my head on the pillow at night realizing no opinion I sometimes put my head on the pillow at night realizing that I haven't done the one thing that was the most important thing in the day has that ever happened to you? It happens to me all the time I get that and I put my head and go no I didn't do the one thing that was the most important thing to do so this morning whether you are a Martha type an activist or a Mary type. I want us to offer our lives and pray that God would be the first thing in our lives in every situation. That if we pursue nothing else, we pursue that one thing this year. That we can leave our cares and concerns at his feet. That we can leave them with him, knowing that if we seek first the kingdom of God, all these other things will be added in as well. Let's pray. Father in heaven, say that our hands are our heart this morning, but this morning, Lord, our knees are our hearts. See us, Lord, as we kneel before you in a genuine, earnest prayer, Lord. Lord, we don't want to come to the end of 2017 going, you know what? I didn't do that one thing. I didn't focus on that one thing that will change my life and change the lives of those around me and bring life to my soul. Lord, I pray that we truly would be a people who are willing to sit at the feet of Jesus Christ, to learn from you this coming year, Lord, to spend time in your presence, Lord, to run away, Lord, to dis- get away, Lord, from the distractions so often that fill our lives, Lord, the unnecessary distractions. Lord, I pray you would give us strength to put that one thing first in our lives. Will anyone say amen? And Lord, for all of those this morning who are on their knees, Lord, they've got this one area of resolve in their lives, Lord. I saw all of the hands, Lord, that went up. So many people who just need strength to address this one area in their lives. So many people who need strength to have a conversation or extend forgiveness or rebuild a relationship or to end a relationship or to put their finances in order. Lord, I pray, give us strength, we pray. Give us strength, Lord. If you need strength this morning, will you raise your hand? Nobody's looking at you. 
If you need strength this morning, will you raise your hand? Lord, I pray, God, for all of those who have a hand up this morning looking for your strength. Lord, I pray. Lord, that your Holy Spirit would empower them, Lord. Lord, that like the old, the old English word says, that they would be quickened, that they would be brought to life, that where there was death up to now, Lord, there would be strength and there would be life in that area of their lives. Lord, empower us. Help us to focus. Help us to put you first. In all things we pray. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's stand and close with that song. Take these hands. Take these hands. I know they're empty, but when you they can be used for beauty in your perfect plan. All I am is your take these feet. last time this morning Lord I pray whether we are a Martha type this morning or whether we are a Mary type this week Lord Jesus whether we are a Mary type in our nature or a Martha type in our nature Lord I pray this week we would encounter you in such a real way Lord I pray Lord that your presence would be evident as we work your presence would be evident. I pray, Lord, as we rest, your presence would be evident, Lord, as we pray, as we seek you, as we ask you, Lord, for the things that you provide for us, Lord. I pray your presence would be evident to us, Lord. Don't be hidden. Be obvious. Be present in our lives, we pray. In Jesus' name. God bless and keep you guys. We're done for this morning. Tuesday night's our business meeting for members only. We'll see you again next Sunday morning. God bless, keep, and go with you. Amen.